0: To the DHG podcast series with a focus on life beyond numbers, with topics about people, careers, and flexibility. And now, here's your host, our director of corporate communications and all things fun, Alice Gray Harrison. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DHG podcast series. I'm Alice Gray Harrison, your host, and I love this venue because we get to hear the things that matter the most to us flexibility careers, and of course, our people. We're currently celebrating Women's History Month. Women's History Month is a relatively new observance in the U.S. The movement began in the late 1970s in California, and the first presidential proclamation occurred on March the 8th, 1980, March the 8th marking International Women's Day. And today, International Women's Day is continues to be widely observed. It's very important month for DHG as we dialogue about barriers, advocacy, and the desire for a diverse and inclusive workforce. Joining me today is Heather Kozart, the Managing Partner of our Raleigh office. I've known Heather for many years, and without a doubt, she is a role model for women, both here at DHG and beyond. Heather is currently chairing the North Carolina Association of CPAs Task Force on Diversity and Inclusion. Welcome, Heather. Hey, Alex All right, so tell me about this work that you're doing with the task force. Absolutely, would love to. Well, so we've been
1: tasked to create a definition of diversity and inclusion as it relates to the organization's membership and to create a sustainable plan for inclusion uh, within the organization. Task Force has members from across the state representing CPAs, both in public accounting, you know, from the smallest firms to the largest firms, as well as industry and government. You know, we were tasked to really seek out input from the entire membership, and and we did it through a survey, and I'll tell you, the, the results really did tell us that To be a a very hot topic. The answers were across the board, just a lot of great information for us to set out with to really see what themes there were. You know, what do folks want out there as far as opportunities for development or or tools? So we're really working on that right now. For instance, one of the common themes was, you know, how how can we at CPAs work with the universities more to, to help? from a minority candidate pool, as far as, you know, at the younger ages, to help the numbers coming out of colleges. Mm. You know, that's one issue on the gender side has not been an issue for years and years. I go back, I'm about to hit my 20th year uh, college reunion, which is crazy, and, you know, it it was about 50-50 in my accounting class. But, you know, the issue there that came through the results of the survey is, okay, well, still, we're still having issues with advancement mm-hmm. of women. So it's really neat to work on that because this is really the profession as a whole for the state of North Carolina, and it's neat to hear all perspectives and also to reflect all the great work we've done within the firm here at DHG.
0: That's super. So speaking of areas that we've been focused on, implicit bias is an area that we're keenly focused on for the coming year. It's a fairly new term, implicit bias. I certainly just heard of it in the past couple of years, but in case you're wondering what it means for our listeners, it refers to the attitudes or stereotypes that affect our understanding, actions, and decisions in a very unconscious manner. So we don't even realize that we are biased towards certain things. So I understand that your team in Raleigh has some best practices and and it doesn't surprise me that you guys are kind of leading the pack on this. Tell me about what y'all are doing in Raleigh around implicit bias.
1: Sure. And, and I think it's important to remember that everybody is at least a little biased. And Ellis, just like you, I remember it was like two and a half years ago when this topic came up and uh, we were talking about it internally. I had no clue what it yeah. was. And it was just so fascinating to me because, you know, when I sat back and reflected, certainly certainly yes. many biases. Yes, I know. But, but the key is to really just know that you have those and to not allow those to get in the way of decisions, or to you know you may be biased, but, but just to have that out on the table. I, I wouldn't say here in Raleigh, I wouldn't say we have any best practices that we're doing. It's just, it really started from tone at the top with our, you know, our executive leadership team and Matt Stone, their CEO, that, you know, we've embraced it. We, we've been very, you know, open to having more dialogue as we make decisions, making sure we are thinking through, you know, all the different perspectives, and most importantly, Or something. If we feel that somebody, somebody is, you know, pushing for a decision where they, they might be a little biased in that decision. So I'm just really proud of my group here that we just have a very kind of open interest. It starts with trust, too. We all, we all want what's best for, for our folks. And so I will say, just, you know, it, it takes more time to make sure all, you know, different perspectives are, are discussed or thought about. But, but really, at the end of the day, everybody's comfortable that we got out challenged or questioned decisions being made. We even do that with recruiting with our managers. Uh, you know, I think today okay, that one of my, my would agree, one of my managers, and we were all sitting around the table and I'll tell you, if, if somebody from Salisbury State University came through the door and she happened to play field hockey, you know, that's my alma right. mater. I played on the field hockey team. You know, yeah. be for of course. she's so excited and of course she's going to yes. be great. You know, I turned out <laughs> but a young manager would, would call me out. Well, yep. no, have you not considered XYZ? This other candidate really has all the merits. So it's really just having that open dialogue and, and everybody voicing what we through the decision making, whether it's the recruiting, promotions, client assignments. You know, you think about we got to try not to make assumptions. You know, take a working mother who But really, just it's really created just much more dialogue with our folks about what they want, what their challenges are, and and we've seen it here in the Raleigh office. The folks, you know, changing industry lines or you know trying something new with different projects because they feel comfortable to voice it up. So, you know, I would say I suspect a lot of our other offices are just as uh, this is doing a better job in this area than we were years ago.
0: mean, simply having the conversation takes us a step forward. Exactly. Exactly. So when we think about women and women at DHG and beyond, we, we think about some of the barriers that people had to overcome. This permeates a lot of what we discuss at DHG. So in terms of your own career, are there any barriers that you've had to overcome to get to where you are?
1: gender perspective but you know I would say for myself it's more the stereotyping you know sometimes the comments about you know I can be loud and assertive or you know maybe banging my hand on the table on things and maybe I'm a little strong and sometimes bad words would be associated with that (laughs) which you know I did have to do I had to learn that sometimes others perspectives it, it, it was in the delivery that's one thing I would say, you know, I saw early on a lot of my peers, uh, male peers, getting asked to play golf uh, by, you know, whether it be by clients or uh, bosses, and I'd love to play golf, but shame on me for not raising my hand and feeling comfortable to say, hey, I would love to join you. Yeah. I'll never forget 10 years, it before I had my daughter, so it, was, it had to be more than 10 years ago, when Bill Walton... Baldwin- And you know he called me and asked me do I play golf and I said yes and he invited me to play golf with him and this large client and I was floored, absolutely floored and excited. And why I was also so shocked I made I had my own, you know. He's this you know being partner older partner who I assumed would only ask other members of the good old boys club, right? So shame on me too, right? So. From that, but I, you know, I would say the stereotypes, the comments that I'll still get from—I um, would not internally, but you know, picking my daughter up from school. Oh, you know, you must feel guilty, you know, having a full-time job. Well, no, I knows. not but uh, I just shake my head. So it, it's more all
0: the stereotyping. right? Exactly. So speaking of your daughter, you have a precious nine-year-old daughter. It's going to be a few years before she enters the workforce, but we know those years go by faster than we can imagine. What do you hope the workforce looks like for her when she enters?
1: Uh, I can't even think of Paige going into the workforce. Uh, you know, uh, 10 to 15 years. You know, my hope that for her, that just has been a lot of progress that has been made. That companies, um, more and more companies out there really, truly, you know, have, have diversity in the workplace, not only because of a social responsibility, but I mean, it's been proven that it can increase profitability, the business case for, for the side of it. So I hope she's interviewing, she wants to be a vet, so I hope she's interviewing with veterinary doctors who, you know, are, are, are talking to all sorts of different folks, hiring the best. Right. But my other hope is that the stereotype type still being seen today just or less and less you know I, I was really shocked when she was about 7 years old I think it was a couple of years ago and and she she was in the office and somebody mentioned oh your mom the boss and <laughs> she looked at me and said I didn't know you were a boss I didn't know a woman could be a boss and I, I was out there right now teaching the little ones today. You know, I saw it in the elevator the other day. A woman complimented a little girl on, on being so cute and precious. And her mom, And she was. But her mom smiled, chimed in and said, you know, she's also a whiz at math and tough on the basketball <laughs> court. And I, I had tears in my eyes Aww. when I saw that. So, yeah. That's yeah. super. That's great.
0: Well, Heather, thank you so much for taking time out to talk with us today. Absolutely. And thank you all for listening to Life at DHG, our premier podcast series. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll tell your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our DHG blog for more great stories about our life beyond numbers. Join us next time for another edition of Life at DHG.